Hello and welcome to Let the Stone Speak. I'm Brent Naktagal, your host, coming to you today from Jerusalem, Israel. We've got a very special program for you. This is a program that's going to help break the news about a fantastic new discovery that was unearthed in our latest season of excavations on the Ophel. These are excavations that w- where the Armstrong Institute works together with Hebrew University led by Professor Uzi Levner. We discovered many coins in this excavation, but just one is now coming to public eye. This is a silver half shekel coin. Uh, that was found in the recent excavations. And the coins themselves, the study of the coins found there, is being done by Dr. Yoav Frachi. We're going to have an interview with him today. I recorded this just a couple of days ago in light of the release of this discovery. Uh, Dr. Fahi is the curator of the Cadman Numismatic Pavilion at the Eretz Israel Museum in Tel Aviv. He's also a very good friend. And so here is, without further ado, the interview. Uh, with Dr. Fahi. Hello, Dr. Yoav Fahi. Welcome to Let the Stone Speak. Hello, Brent. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. So I want to start with this latest uh, discovery that came out of the Ophel excavations, this really rare uh, silver coin. Um, While it was found in the field, you were the man that went into the lab to decipher it and to make sure that we knew what was on the coin. So what can you tell us, first of all, about the coin of its uh, coin itself and the significance of it? Okay, so um, as you know, we have many uh, coins found in the excavation, uh, but this one is really unique, uh, rare. Okay, most of the coins are bronze coins, and this one is a silver coin, half shekel silver coin from the third year of the revolt, the revolt between 66 to 70 CE. And and the coin is uh, one of very few silver coins found by archaeologists uh, in excavations from the revolt. And this specific one from the third year of the revolt, we know of only three coins, such coins which were found by um, archaeologists. So this is really rare. In Jerusalem, of course, yes. Right. So, the as you mentioned, we have these other revolt coins that are made out of bronze. This one is made out of silver. Why is? How did that anciently play out? Why the difference between the bronze and the silver ones? How were they used differently? Okay. So let's go back a little bit, and um, we need to understand that the coins which were struck by the rebels in Jerusalem between 66 to 70, five years of coins, actually um, are replacing uh, other coins which were in use, which were used back then by the Jews before the revolt, and specifically the silver coins. So we have a quarter shekel, we have half shekel, and we have one shekel. And this is related to the weight itself or its value? Yeah, it's the denomination of the coin. It's okay. also the weight, but it's also the name of mm. the coin, and it's written on the coin. So okay. the, the, the denomination is appear on the coin. This is by itself, it's something very, very rare, which we do not have in most of the ancient coins. They do not bear their denomination. Mm-hmm. So here we have a half shekel silver coin, Jewish coin, written in the ancient Hebrew script. Uh, from the third year of the revolt. This coin is about some seven gram of silver, mm-hmm. half shekel. The shekel was about 14 grams. Okay. And um, these coins were struck not 
by coincidence. The idea was to replace the silver coins, the Tyrian silver coins from Tyre in, in Lebanon of today, Phoenicia back then, that were used uh, in paying the uh, half-shekel tribute to the temple by every male Jewish man above the age of uh, 18. So, so they did this once per year today, or every time they came to Jerusalem, they paid the half-shekel, or this was... No, once a year. Once a year you have to tribute this money for the operation of the temple. And um, up to the revolt, from the second century uh, BC, when the first Tyrian coins appeared, mm-hmm. um, they were the ones that were used by Jews for the temple text because they were very um, high uh, silver, they were very pure. Uh, the problem that uh, we assume that many of the Jews had with them is that on those coins, the Tyrian coins, they had on the obverse the face of the Tyrian god, Melkart, Heracles. Okay, right. And on the back there was uh, an eagle. And both are problematic for Jews to use. So the Jews took this opportunity of the revolt and replaced the Tyrian coins that they had to use because they were not allowed to strike coins by the Romans before. Right. And here in the revolt, you know, when you're striking a coin, it's, an, it's a symbol, it's a national symbol. It's not something that uh, you take uh, for, for granted. It's something that you made, and in here it was not only to show the Romans we can strike silver coins without your permission, it's also to replace the coins that were used. And now, as you can see on the coin uh, that, that we have found, uh, there are no faces. Right. No uh, gods on the coin. Mm-hmm. You have on one side you have a temple, a, one of the temple utensils, a, a goblet or a chalice, a, and on the other side you have a branch with three pomegranates, and mm-hmm. those both are related to the temple. Right. And of course the inscriptions here are Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, the Palo Hebrew script, and on the Tyrian coins it was Greek. Right. So you see that the change is from all over. You have the change and uh, replacing those Tyrian coins with these Jewish coins and, and using them for the temple text. Of course, they were used for other things, but remember we are under, we are during a war. A war. Right. It's not the time for people to, you know, to buy land and to buy houses. It's not the time. So silver coins are usually used for uh, not regular transactions. It's not uh, you buy uh, bread with a silver coin. So it's, right. it's for high transactions. But since you are in, in the middle of a war, you're not going to use high transactions. So the main use was for the temple, of course. And we believe that these coins uh, were minted in Jerusalem yes. or elsewhere? Have no, in Jerusalem. Mint or no, no, unfortunately, we have almost not only here, but we almost have no, yeah, all, worldwide we have almost no means found in history, almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And also here, you know, when you speak about a mint in this period, it's not like today you imagine a big building with the title mint on it. Right. So actually what you need are, are two guys with a hammer and a chisel and some tools and you prepare the flans, you prepare the, you prepare the dyes and you strike the coins. It's, but maybe, maybe we will be lucky enough to find uh, the place, maybe even in Jerusalem, because it was destroyed and mm-hmm. it was burned, but so far we didn't have... So when the, the third year of the revolt itself, um, we know there were coins of the fourth year and even a few of the fifth year that yes. have been found. Um, 
was it was most of Judea at the time already taken by the third year, which helps us know that the, the, the places that were left over must have been where the coins were minted, and Jerusalem was one of the final places. So do you, do you recall the, the kind of setting at the third year of the revolt? or how Third, third year, uh, the Romans are not yet uh, over Jerusalem, of mm-hmm. course. It took uh, a bit more. Uh, but in the third year, we do have evidence from uh, other th- other uh, sites uh, in Judea, not so far from Jerusalem, that are already destroyed. So the, the okay. Romans are, are getting close. They're getting close. They started in the Galilee. They came mm-hmm. with boats to Akko, and then from north to south, they they go from from the north to the south, and and, and they arrived. So the third year, they are already very close to Jerusalem, but not yet. Um, on the city. They're not laying siege to the city. Mm-hmm. Not, yet. not yet. So what's the significance of the location itself in which this coin was found? Um, yeah, the excavation, you're, you're studying the coins from this specific excavation. Um, what was the context in which this coin was found, if you recall? Is it, yeah. It's it's a bit hard to say because we are still in the beginning of the it was it's the first season of the excavations on behalf of the Hebrew University together with the Armstrong College, and as you know the, the area is only in its beginning of, mm-hmm. of and then we are about we are just started to discover a huge monumental building, so it will be too early too, too early to say uh, the exact context but we will be able to see I, I hope within next seasons to get more wide picture of the site and then we can say if there is a specific uh, connection to something that might be and, and of course we hope to find more right so we have dozens of bronze coins and we do hope to find more silver coins uh, of those rare types. So the you mentioned the writing that was on these coins on the, the, inscrip- uh, the, the legends, inscriptions yeah, the in ancient Hebrew. Yeah. Um, the third year has a certain inscription. And what was that? Um, actually, all these series of uh, half shekels and shekels have the same legends, mm-hmm. uh, except of one difference, and this is the date. So on both sides. Uh, the inscriptions say on one side you have Yerushalayim Akdusha, Akdusha, which means Holy Jerusalem, mm-hmm. or Jerusalem the Holy. And on the other side you have uh, either Shekel Israel, which is Shekel of Israel, or Chatziya Shekel, which is half Shekel. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, the chalice in the center of the coin. Right. And above it, with two letters, again, with the two ancient Hebrew letters, not a date by numbers, but numerals by, by, okay. by the letters. Right. It's written Shin Gimel, which okay. means Shana Gimel, year three. Right, third letter of the, the third, The third letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And this is uh, the only thing that changed between those coins. So on the coins of year A, year one, you'll have the Aleph. Mm-hmm. And on the coins of year two, you'll have the Bet, you have right. the Gimel, you have the Dalet, and you have the Hey for the fifth year. So this is the only thing that changed between the coins, but the inscriptions, Yerushalayim HaKadoshah, Jerusalem the Holy, and Chatziya Shekel, or Half Shekel, or, or the Shekel, those That's are standard. standard except, depends on the denomination, of course, yes. So just uh, about coins in general, since you're a new 
new mess. How would do you say? miss what is? Do you miss what is? Do miss what is? It's just I'll tell it for your audience. Okay. The, the word numismatics. It's the it's a profession. It's come from the word numisma, which means a coin in Greek. Okay. So numismatic is the study of ancient coins, the study of coins. So generally, people like to find treasure on excavations. And coins, I think we would kind of denote in this type of way, this is kind of like a treasure. However, coins themselves, they, they bear in general a far more important uh, purpose uh, or significance for archaeologists. Maybe you could speak a little bit more about coins in general and why they are important to find for archaeologists outside of just being flashy. Okay. Uh, so what is so amazing, at, uh, for my opinion, and when you're dealing with, with coins, is that you have... Uh, so much information on such a tiny object. Sometimes the coins are really, really small. Here we speak about a coin which is about uh, 20 millimeters uh, in size, but there are coins which are 5 millimeters or 7 millimeters. It's really, really tiny. And you have a, a whole world of uh, symbols, of inscriptions, of uh, imagination sometimes on the coin. So uh, for us uh, as archaeologists to find the coin in excavation, it gives you there are several uh, importance. First, it helps us to date the layer you're excavating. Right. Okay, so if we find the coins that are typical to the uh, revolt, so we know we are in a layer related to the revolt, and, and, and above it we will have coins dealing with the uh, later Roman period or the Byzantine and, and Islamic period, etc. etc. Uh, so, first in archaeology, coins help us to date the layer of we are excavating now. Second, uh, the coins give us information about uh, different aspects of, um, of what those people back then, what they wanted to tell to mm -hmm. the others. Because, you know, coins, is, it's not like today that you have all kinds of media you can use. You have uh, internet, you have Facebook, you have a newspaper. Back then, the main source of media was the coin. So on the coin, you struck what you want to tell the people. And this coin, you know, it changed hands. It moved from one to another, from uh, one place to another place. And it bring the, the information. So when you hold the coin and you read the inscription, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to go back to those people and trying to understand what they wanted to say. And to try and look at the world through their eyes and through the symbols that they put on the coin and the inscription that they put on the coin. And this is the, the other side of the importance that it gives us not only a date, but it, it tells us about the people who lived and about their, their ideas, their wishing, uh, how they saw the world, how, say the, how they saw the situation in, in, the, in those days that they struck the coins. Yeah, and that's really significant, especially for these revolt coins. It's a, a message from Judea from 2,000 years ago from the Jewish people. Okay. That is um, exactly very when specific. they say Yerushalayim Akdosha, the, the Jerusalem, the Holy. This is what they want to say: Jerusalem, the Holy, right. Holy Jerusalem. This is what they had in their heads while they were fighting the Romans for, um, you know, for independence. Right. Well, while I have you here, there's just one other question. It doesn't relate to coins. It relates to something similar to a coin. Uh, my first excavation with you goes back to 2006. That's when you were my first uh, area supervisor. We were both... Uh, <laughs> a lot, looked a lot younger. Younger and uh, <laughs> more beautiful, yes. <laughs> okay. 
But this was the excavations of Elat Mazar and a large stone structure, a.k.a. David's Palace. Yeah. Um, you were there the year before I got there in 2005. Five, yes. And you were responsible for one of the most important finds, I think, at least in biblical archaeology, as far as biblical personalities that have been discovered. Perhaps you can briefly hmm. resurrect this moment, because I haven't heard it from you, uh, when you discovered what you discovered uh, in the field in 2005. Okay, so you are speaking about the ceiling, yes. the clay ceiling of Yeochal, Salon, son of Shelamia, son of Shuvi, one of the ministers of King Tzidkiyahu, maybe one of the guys who threw Jeremiah to the pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really, it was really luck. It was really luck. It was very early in the morning. I really remember the situation. Sure you do. Yes, sure you do. yes, it's one of the most important discoveries. Uh, maybe the most important discovery I had is a small find in a, in a dig. So we were excavating in the area, and I was supervising this area, area A of the site. And for people listening or watching, you're an area supervisor, and typically you don't excavate. You walk around, you tell people what to do. And no, might, come on, I'm working a, hard. You, you do work hard, <laughs> but you're in control of what's going on, making sure everything's done well. Yeah. And the, the volunteer or the student, they're doing the ones doing the actual work, doing the actual discovering of the items themselves. Yeah. But in this case, uh, you did some discovery. Yes, there was an area which we had to excavate, and, and I went to excavate... There was, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe less uh, people working the day or whatever. So I went inside a a small area and started to excavate. And it was very early in the morning. It was a lower area. I remember that I was lying on my my stomach and and excavating down into Mm -hmm. into kind of a small pit near near the wall. And it was a bit dark, but it was very early in this. In the, in the morning and the sun came from east and, mm-hmm. and it was the eastern side of the excavation so we had light from the sun and um, I was ex- excavating with a small pickaxe and, and suddenly I saw something uh, round now since I'm dealing with coins uh, for many many years I see round things everywhere <laughs> I go so it was really really caught it with my eyes, you know, I saw something around, so I carefully took it up, and it was a tiny, tiny uh, piece of clay, and since I knew that, um, you know, sometimes when you know what you're looking for, it's more option that you will find it, because Mm -hmm. if not, you might miss it, but if you know that in this area, before uh, clay ceilings were discovered in previous excavations by Shiloh. Uh, so you know that you might find, so you, you look for it. Right. And I uh, recognize that there are letters in the ancient Hebrew, and since I'm dealing with uh, coins, and you know, I'm dealing with most of the Jewish coins uh, are bearing uh, ancient Hebrew, Palo Hebrew scripts, like mm-hmm. the Hashmonian coins, which are right. very tiny, the same size as the as this clay ceiling, and, and I recognized the letters. So I saw that there are letters in the ancient Hebrew, and and I hold it, and I saw it was a bit dirt. Right. It was a, some, it was some a bit dirty, but at least I saw that there are three lines of, mm-hmm. of letters, and and in the central in the in the central uh, line I saw Shin Lamed and Mem. Mm-hmm. 
שלם, something like שלם. So suddenly I thought, ah, Shlomo, Salomo, and you know all this. And then uh, I uh, took a small box, I wrapped it with a piece of uh, tissue, and I went uh, to Elat. Mm-hmm. She was in the office. Yeah. Do you remember there was yeah. a, like uh, an office I came to Elat, and I uh, told her, I have a present for you. She was uh, writing, and I said, what, yeah, is it important? I told her, yes, it is important. <laughs> and I gave it to her, and she was very, very happy. This was the first bula that we found. And later, we, we start to do all the project of the wet sifting. Mm-hmm. You're way familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then we found, a year later, we found another very uh, important uh, bula, the ceiling of Gdaliao, son of Pashcho. Mm-hmm. And there's another guy, and this is really interesting, because they both appear in the same uh, in the same chapter in the same, uh, in the same verse dealing with uh, Jeremiah mm-hmm. and uh, we found both persons ceilings of both persons some few meters one of right. one of the others so it's really it was really uh, how you say um, I didn't sleep for a few nights <laughs> after, uh, <laughs> I was yeah yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for uh, taking some time with us. appreciate you telling that story as well. I wanted to make sure we get it on record yeah. <laughs> and we have discovered it. And thank you for uh, studying thank the you. coins from the UFL excavations and uh, bringing to light this, this silver half shekel. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we hope to have more next seasons. And uh, We will. We will, we will. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the interview with Dr. Yoav Farhi. Thank you very much to him as well for taking time to spend it with us here at the Armstrong Institute and our podcast, Let the Stone Speak. The Institute also puts out a magazine that goes by the same name, Let the Stone Speak. If you don't have a copy of this or you're not on our mailing list, you would like to do so. I'm sure it's in your interest to do so. This is a magazine that comes out six times per year. It's absolutely free. We'll pay for the postage, the handling, everything to get it right to your doorstep. We'll never ask you for money for this magazine. If you'd like to receive this magazine, which covers biblical history and biblical archaeology, simply go to our website, armstronginstitute.org, armstronginstitute.org, or you can write an email to letters at armstronginstitute.org requesting your free subscription, and I'll make sure that you get a copy.